Get the kick right out of your radio. This is Radio Contact. Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Panson. We're here talking all things so good. Red Devil German show this week. As ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You all right, mate? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Um, I've been up to this week. Not, not a lot, really, working. And um, oh, I went to the... Well, I was with you last night, wasn't it? The um, Walked in Legion. And that was good. So, uh, obviously, Newcastle was a nice trip, but a bad result. But yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I'm doing good, mate. Thanks. Yeah, I've enjoyed this week. Full of lots of sun. Uh, you know, in Castle del Salford, enjoying the, the Salford Keys in the sun. It's a, a beautiful place when it's all lit up in the, in the summer sun. Yeah, you've got a nice job, you Rob, the way you can do that in your dinner hour. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky that me, I was in a loft on Saturday, um, and it's, it was about 50 degrees in this loft. I was doing a job, and uh, you don't realise how warm lofts get, you know, in the summer. And it was absolutely boiling. I must have lost about a stone in water, you know, when I came out. Yeah. But um, I'm not complaining, though. I do like the, the sunshine. But I've got one of them jobs where um, it can be pretty warm, can be pretty warm in the, the nice weather. But not complaining. I like a bit of sunshine, and hopefully we'll get a nice uh, sunny evening on Friday when we play Huddersfield. Yeah, you sweat it all out. Oh, that's why your your three stone went through, and I'm more like twenty. <laughs> 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 uh, so, Paul, what have we got on the show this week? Yeah, well, uh, in no particular order, we've got the news, haven't we? We've got a review of the Catalan uh, Dragons game at the Magic Weekend. We've got some quite a few interviews, haven't we, Rob? We've got an interview with um, Adrian Marley. Well, just a, a bit of that interview, haven't we? We've also been speaking to Ian Blees and Dave Campbell with the Supporters Trust uh, last night at the meeting. We've got Ian Watson in Coach's Corner, and I think you spoke to Josh Wood last night as well, didn't you? Yeah, it's been to Josh Wood. We've got your Amateur Report, we've got the review of the game against Catalan Dragons, the one we got beat in Magic Weekend, and a preview of the game against Huddersfield on Friday night. So what we'll do, we'll start at the Magic Weekend and our defeat against the Catalan Dragons. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. Well, so for a devil, Magic Weekend wasn't so magic, they got beat 26 points to 12 against Catalan Dragons, Paul. Another disappointing result. Yeah, it was a disappointing result, and to be honest with you, it was a bit like um, the league game the week before, it was a strange game, we sort of started well, I've watched it back today, um, this morning before I went to work, I watched um, the first half and I just watched the second half before, and the, the tr- we had a try to slow it from all first early on, and to me looking back, I thought, we had a bit of a rough rough call then, I think one of the Catalan tries was was a bit iffy as well but yeah after the first sort of 10 minutes we seemed to go into our shell a bit and Catalan came into the game and I must say they've improved a lot I mean I'm not taking anything away from how disappointing our performance was but I thought they they managed the game quite well and um, they looked to have improved you know they look like 
they were rubbing rags, didn't they, at the start of the season, that like they were going to really struggle, but now they seem to have a bit of momentum. So we're now looking down that table now, this, these following pack behind us. So, yeah, it was another disappointing performance, I thought. And considering we had a lot of senior players out, it wasn't a, a team full of inexperienced people. We had more or less, you know, the full sort of strength side. It was a very, very disappointing result. Yeah, obviously, let's talking about the, the, that first try, uh, Paul, that one was disallowed. Um, it all came from a knock-on that was that didn't exist for me, so it kind of swings around about in that way. Yeah, sorry, mate, just turn the light. It's going dead dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, it just nips away from me. Yeah, um, well, I, I don't think I noticed that, but yeah, there was a few, there was a few decisions. But I'm not blaming that on the referee. I thought we were soundly beaten, and uh, you know, Jody, Jody Broughton came up with three, three good tries. Uh, especially that one with that pass out the back door from Josh Water on the back of a knock-on from Niall Evans. It was a good hit on Niall. But yeah, they took their chances really well, Cattle. And we just seemed to, I don't know, we seemed to lack enthusiasm. And again, the creativity was poor. We made an awful lot of mistakes, silly knock-ons. Um, your completion rate was poor again. We give, give away silly penalties. I mean, Lee Moss up there, he give a penalty away when we had the ball, grabbing the Catalan player's leg. And you can't, that's just crazy to, to do stuff like that. And he just shoots yourself in the foot. So I think we need to smarten up. I really do. If you look at the side on paper, I mean, when the, the Sky Sports was giving it out, I looked at the team and I paused my telly and I thought, that's a decent side. That There's some good players on there, some experience, some senior players, blokes who played in grand finals. Blokes who've got a wealth of experience at Super League level, and they, they, to turn a performance in like that in two weeks running as well, it's um, you know it's not good enough. Yeah, look looking at the side, like I said, we've got nine levels at fullback: Greg Johnson, Chris Wellham, Junior Sal, Delaf Olthurts, um, Rob Lewis, Jack Little, John Craig Cop, Jack Logan Tompkins, Lee Mossop, George Griffin, Weller and at least forward Mark Flanagan on the bench with Lamatazzi, Tyrone McCarthy, Josh Wood, and Daniel Murray. Looking at that, that that team is only Josh Jones missing uh, for me for a full strength side, and like you said, it's it's disappointing uh, for me that they put in a couple of performances uh, like that. But I think the key part of that is is obviously a lot of people looking at you know Jack Little John and Rob Lewis, you know, not creating anything. Uh, but for me, I think the, the key person in, in our attacking lineup is Mark Flanagan. Uh, when he's on the field, we look like an attack. We look like we've got an attacking threat, and obviously. Matt Fanning is, is spelled by, by Ian Watson. When he goes off, he brings on Tyrone McCarthy. And Tyrone McCarthy and Matt Fanning are two different kind of loose forwards. And we're, I think we lose that kind of like attacking threat when that when that happens. Uh, and I think that's a key factor in, in where, you know, why why we weren't very, you know, attacking in that, you know, middle part of the game. Yeah, well, Matt Flanagan's a very creative player. And, you know... He's, he's a pivot as well, Flanagan. There, I know he's a he's a forward, but he looks forward. He's he's a pivot on the field, and he can make things happen. And losing Gareth O'Brien mid-season, you lost a very creative player there, and Gareth. So you're you're dropping a lot on Robert Louis' shoulders now, and for one reason or another, you know Jack Littlejohn. With me, I think it's a big confidence thing with Jack. I think he's struggling for confidence. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a, he's a very. I've heard people say he's a bad player, and I, I don't believe that. I think I think the guy's he's got the potential. He's a fit guy. He's an athletic guy. I think it's just a confidence thing with him at the moment, and you could see the confidence drain out of him on on on, on Sunday. Excuse me, Sunday, and he made mistakes and silly mistakes, taking his eye off the ball. And sometimes you can try too hard, can't you? Mm. And 
and I think that that's what's happening with him at the moment. I think he just needs the pressure taken off him, perhaps put him on the bench or, or, or leave him out for a week and just, just let him rebuild his confidence and, and, and put him back in there. Because I'm, I'm sure he'll fix things up. But going back to, to, to Flanagan, yeah, I've noticed we seem to lose a lot of intensity when Matt leaves the pitch. And going back to what you said there, Tyrone McCarthy and Matt Flanagan are two very different players. But you're asking a lot of Robert Louis. I mean, he came back into the side on Sunday. He'd had a few weeks out as well. So it's going to take him a bit of time to get his, his sharpness back. But we did look a bit lacklustre, I thought, at times in that game. And it's something we need to sharpen. One lad who I did thought played well was Daryl Alfords. I know he took a bit of criticism recently. And he's not played much, but every week he seems to improve. And he's, don't forget with Daryl, Daryl, sorry, he's coming up from um, from National League One. If is it called National League One or League One? And it's a big step to, to Super League. And he's... He's making that step, and I thought he worked really, really hard on, on Sunday. He returned the ball well, he took the, everything they put in the air to him, he took more or less. So um, I think we've got to stick faith with Darrell. I think he, he's doing okay. Yeah, like you said, he was, he was in the mix up until, until that breakaway, breakaway try from, from Catalan, and Ed seemed to drop at that point. You're kind of hoping that you know, they, can, they can break this cycle of, of, of unlucky defeats and get back to winning ways. Yeah, for, I think we've discussed it before, me and you, and we've had a chat on the quiet, and for me, it's the point scoring. <laughs> if you want to win a Super League game or any game at elite level, I think you've got to score, on average, more than 18 points, and we're not doing it. We're not scoring enough points to win matches or to stay in games, and I think it's plain to see now, as soon as we go two scores behind, the heads drop because we know we've lost that game. As soon as we went two scores behind on Sunday, I knew that game had gone, because... We're not creating the chances. We never really looked like scoring. I think there was one opportunity in that second half where I think was it Wellham got the ball to cop Jack and he, he put the ball down and that was the only real chance that we had. And what ten points again? We got ten points against Lee. We got no points against Wigan and ten points against St. Helens. So we've scored thirty points in four games. And there's been a few times this season where we've lost matches and only scored sort of less than sixteen points, haven't we? And eighteen points or whatever. So. The creativity side and, and the point scoring is what's letting us down at the moment. If we'd have scored a few points on Sunday, we probably would have won that game. Mm, I'd say with the limited squad we've got and the limited funds to bring new new faces in, it's it's a difficult situation. Ian Watson finds himself in because he's only got yeah. the players he's got to he's got to available. Um, you know, that's right. Yeah, that that's right. But those same players scored thirty odd points against Ulkar and the Ahmed Wakefield the other week. So like you just said there. We have more or less a full strength side out, so we can't keep finding excuses for them. There's players on that pitch, senior players, and I think Ian said it to me, they, they've got to stand up and be counted. I mean, Ian's took a remarkable amount of flack I've seen on, on the internet and social media, Facebook, Twitter over the last few days, and I don't think he deserves it. I think it's very easy in this day and age now. It's the same in football, rugby league, rugby union. A team will go on a bad run, and all the, the blame's laid at the coach's door, and, and I think it's out of order. The players are full-time athletes. They don't work. They, they do this as their job, day in, day out. They, they're very... I know they don't get paid as much as footballers, but they sometimes have got to take that responsibility and perform when they go out there. I mean, they've been doing really well in training, apparently that's what Ian's told me, and things have been going right. And I think it's a big confidence thing now. I think the league games hit us in the confidence and in this game against Catalan. So it's vitally important now we can turn that round this week and, and get a result sooner rather than later. Yeah, I suppose with the games coming up, Paul, they need to start, need to keep winning, don't they? Because they have the gap, the three-point gap, but that's closed up now, hasn't it? And it becomes, you know, having to rush and roulette, having to win every week to try and make that gap reappear again. 
Yeah, the, the lads on Sky were saying about what how many points you think it'll take to get in the top eight, and we I know we've got ten, and they they were sort of saying, well, it's been twenty twenty one in recent seasons. They were they were reckoning it might be about sixteen. So I don't like saying that. We there's, there's games there for us to win. I think we can get twenty points. There's, there's there's winnable games, especially home games. But like you said, there Huddersfield are a point behind us now. Catalan are two points behind us. They play Leeds at home on, on Saturday. Leeds are in poor form, injuries at the moment. You can see Catalan winning that game, so they'll be level with us if we lose to Huddersfield. Huddersfield beat us, they go above us. So this this game on, on Friday is, is, is imperative, and we'll talk about Huddersfield afterwards, won't we? But, but yeah, you start to get sucked in to that into that, that bottom eight. And I think Wakefield are the same. They lost at weekend, and, and, and they're getting dragged down into that as well, aren't they? So it's going to be an exciting end to the season, but we do need to turn the corner. and. A, a win can do wonders for your confidence, can't it? If we're to beat Huddersfield on uh, on Friday, that could that could work wonders. Yeah, we spoke to well, we spoke to Josh Wood yesterday about the game against Catalan Dragons on Magic Weekend, and this is what he has to say. So I'm joined by Josh Wood, talking about the Catalan defeat. Gutting that really. Yeah, shocking. Uh, bad performance by everyone. Uh, too many errors, penalties. Just don't need it. Uh, need kick on this week. Get Huddersfield smashed. Yeah, obviously, you know, looking back at the game, started well. Um, unfortunately, sort of drifted away. What do you think went wrong? Uh, we didn't really complete sets. Uh, knock-ons, too many errors. In the past couple of weeks, it's been the same. Same story and over and over again. We need to fix it up. Slash sharpish. Uh, just too many errors and penalties, giving them too many, too much possession, and then managed to get two tries and come back. Yeah, obviously, Uddersfield this week, opportunity for you and the boys to put a few things right. Yeah, definitely, we've been off for these past past three, four weeks, so it's a must-must win for us this week against Uddersfield. The one, the one point behind us, fighting for that top eight spot, so it's got to be a big, big tough game for us, so we'll have to come ready. Cheers, big thanks to talk to us in the Denver the Detail. So, that was Josh Wood, uh, talking to us about the defeat against Catalan Dragons. Obviously disappointing with the result, and he's looking forward to putting things right against Huddersfield on Friday. Yeah, certainly. I think most players are the same, aren't they, Rob? After a disappointing defeat like that, they just want the next game to come round. I mean, I know I do as a supporter. The first thing I think of when I get home after the bad result or the bad defeat is I just want to want to, want to get to the next game and, and cheer them on again. So I'm sure Josh is looking forward to that. And you know, I, I thought Josh spoke really well last last night. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday, so it might be Wednesday when people hear it. But Monday night at walked and I thought he spoke really well. Nice, really nice guy. And uh, the fans seem to like Josh. They seem to have taken him to their hearts, really. And he's, he's made a big improvement this season and become a, a real valuable part of our squad. Yeah, he's kind of on a journey, isn't he, from, from the academy sort of product to, to first team, you know, regular. And, you know, he's playing fantastic rugby as well. You know, he obviously took that opportunity with Chris Brining being out injured with both fans and. You know, it's only going to be good for him. You know, if he continues that form into this year and next year. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And like we said to him last night, we spoke to him after the after the Warrington friendly, and he, he knew that it was it was pivotal that he, that he played well this season, or otherwise he'd probably be finding himself mo- getting moved on. Because there, there comes a time when you, you come through as a youngster, where where you've got to start earning that first team place, haven't you? Or, you know, this day and age of it's a ruthless business, isn't it? Top line rugby league, and if you if you're not up to standard, you'll get shipped out, won't you? But I think he's he's staked to claim now, and he's he's in that squad every week now, and he? he's probably one of the first lads on the team sheet. And, and hats off to him. He said last night to us, didn't he, on the stage that he's always in the gym, 
he said uh, the te- his teammates find him a bit boring because that's what he does in his spare time. But but credit to him. There's a few lads like that. I think Chris Bryan's a bit like that. When I've spoke to him, is they switched on, aren't they? They fit lads, and if that's the lifestyle they want to lead, Nile Levels is another one. Keeps himself fit all the time in the close season, and I think I think that's the way the modern players should be. Yeah, like you say, modern players, you know, <coughs> they're all like race horses, aren't they? They're super, you know, super fit. They're not an ounce of fat on any of them, and you know, they've got to be strong and fast, uh, and you know, intelligent as well to be, be able to put on the plays. And you know, it, they're the ultimate athlete, really. Yeah, certainly. And Josh is adding bits to his game. He was saying last night, wasn't he, about his goal kicking on the, the people in the audience were asking him about that, and he's he's been practicing that. He's been practicing his kicking game as well, and. I think I, was, I forgot to ask him last night where he sees himself. You know, is his best position? Is it hooker? Is it is it scrum half? Where does he prefer to play? And I don't think he's bothered to be honest. I think he just likes to be in the side, doesn't he? But is it is that sort of player at the moment? Sometimes a player doesn't actually mature until they get into the mid twenties and find their their sort of suited position. And I, I think Josh has probably still got that decision to make and see how his progression goes. But. I think Hooker or Scrum Half is a very, very useful player. Yeah, I suppose he's learned a lot from Logan Tomkins as well, being the senior hooker. Yeah. He'd be able to, you know, show him, you know, experience and, you know, bring his game along. I think it's, you know, vitally important. Like Logan Tomkins, he, we have, you know, Chris Bynum and, and Josh Wood, you know, you know, soaking information up off him, uh, and hopefully in, you know, a couple of few years time, we'll have two world class hookers. Yeah, certainly Logan does a lot of our graft, doesn't he? he does a lot of work that, that goes unnoticed, and he's a, he's a good kid. And I think um, I think Josh has learnt a lot of him. He's probably learnt a lot of Michael Dobson, who was there last season as well. He's a very good mentor around around the side. Just one word on Chris Bryan before we forget to mention him. Uh, he had surgery, I think it was last week, and. I know me and you were talking about him the other day and we wish him, everybody at the podcast and all the supporters are going to wish him all the best in his recovery because he had a really nasty injury there, hadn't he, Robin? Something that, you know, we don't want it to threaten his career so I hope he's back back playing sooner uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, we all wish him, wish him well in his recovery and hopefully see him in a, in a red shirt uh, in the near future. So, Paul, after the game is Catalan Dragons, you spoke to William Watson uh, and this is what he had to say. <laughs> Right, but Joe Ian Watson, thanks for joining me. And another another tough afternoon. Yeah. Can you put your finger on it? It was another fast start. You, did you change your tactics today? Was it more expansive early on? It seemed it. Oh, we're always kind of wanting to play. It's just that before, once we've got in the kind of the fog of war, if you like, when people are getting fatigued, it kind of falls apart. If you look at the league game, we started playing, um, and then you get 20 minutes in and we concede a penalty and then we defend after defend our goal line and all of a sudden we start shutting up shop and we start going one out one out all the time which is not how we play we play with kind of such shape of ours you look at us in training and we're a different team so first half we started kind of how we wanted to play and we wanted to kind of continue that we're using and moving the ball because it's been so, it's successful for us we're a good footballing team when we do that but then at half time I felt we'd kind of done the We've done a really good job to kind of get us in a position of just being behind because we're defending our goal line a lot. You're playing up and hill, so you're always going to defend more goal line shots in the in the kind of when you're playing up and hill. And then second half, we come out and said, well, "This is where we need to turn the tempo up now." About being really kind of consistent with our kicking game. Um, Yardage defence needs to be very good and be disciplined on the back end of it. Well, all three of them just fell apart in the second half, and then you get into that kind of them carries where you're fatiguing because you're defending back-to-back sets all the time and then again we've ended up going one out, one out and then when we have tried to move it they've read us and shut us down Completion rate again yeah, in the second, second half, half was yeah. poor can you put your finger yeah. on that? Just, right. just 
just errors, simple errors forward pass at the rule. But a lot of those simple errors led to sort of tries for Catalan, didn't yeah. especially the big hit on Nia Levels, yeah, he spills yeah. the ball, and I mean that was a great pass out the back door yeah. from Drinkwater, but those things, those those errors are killing you at the moment, yeah, aren't yeah. they? No, of course they are, and we've been working on loads and stuff like that, little, little basics and fundamentals in training to make sure that we're not doing these errors. It comes down as a simple th concentration thing when you're under fatigue and making sure you're not making these errors. And that's the one thing that we need to kind of look at because we just feel like some players are doing the job and some are not. That win for Catalan Dragons today gives them eight points yeah. now. I mean, there's, there's other games you just spoke about in the press conference today, which you know we're hoping yeah. you don't want to rely on other sides' results, but, no, but now we, we, we're getting yeah. dragged into that yeah. sort of looking behind over your shoulder. Now, Huddersfield next week becomes a massive game now, yeah. doesn't it? This month's a massive month for us, um, it, it'll dictate where we're going to be. And we've just been through it again in there, but there's only so many times you can talk about it. You've got to get out and actually just do it. You can't just be waiting for it to happen. You've got to go and grab it and make sure that you get the win. Today was about getting a win. No other way, but I think Callum probably wanted that win more than us. So training, as you said before, in the press conference has been going really well. Yeah. Do you feel it's, it's letting you down when you come to put it into practice? Obviously it is, isn't it? Because oh. the senior guys in the squad, yeah. and things aren't just going right, are they, at the moment? Yeah, no, to be fair, mate, we, we, we've not got enough genuine competition for places in, in positions in squad. You've got myself and Gleese, I've said it before, training. Um, we've been injured this week in training. We shouldn't be training, we should be having people competing against each other who can compete for a starting slot, and then the players see them as a genuine threat then, rather than thinking that they're going to get selected because there's nobody else to come in. Is there any signs of any other players coming in this season? I know that's been a question that's been banded about. You're looking at it, but with yeah. the money situation, it's difficult yeah. for you as a coach. It must be frustrating yeah. for you as well. It's, it's very difficult. It's all of them. It's frustrating and difficult, mate, because you, you want to add to it you, you, because you feel like we need to help the boys out. There's some players there who are playing, obviously, a lot of games and stuff like that, but and they should be used to that, some of the guys who are playing. But genuine competition when you get to this point of the season, when you're getting out through through, competition pushes you on and makes you kind of compete for a spot and keeps you going. But we've not got that genuine competition at the moment for places and we need to, to generate that somehow. And we're trying to do it by just by little competitions in training. But the key thing is we've not got the personnel to come in. So if somebody's not doing their job, we've not got the key personnel to do it. It's going to have to be looking around to and shift some players around now I think and really kind of give some people kind of a wake up call on the back of that How's Josh Jones doing? I know he's is he not far from being not fully far fit off, now mate. Yeah, yeah. and you picked up a knock to Chris Wellham today yeah. obviously he'll be getting assessed but yeah. that, that's another one if you look at that I mean who have we got to bring in at centre now next week yeah. if Chris Wellham gets injured I mean I don't want to frighten you but that's how things are looking at the moment We've got young Jake Bibby young Jake Bibby will be um, available and kind of back in so he, he gives us one but then again you go one in one out kind of thing as well and because Josh Jones won't be available. Um, like I say, it's it's tough and it's a tough situation, but this is when you see people's character and what they're kind of about, and we just need more people to stand up rather than to just give in. What did you say to the players at full-time? Oh, I mean, that'll stay in there, that. That's between kind of us. How do you approach that game on, on Friday now? How does it's, Ian Watson approach that game in training this it week? It has to just be a must-win. It has to be a must-win. It can't be anything else. It's not about performance now or anything else. It's just about a sheer win. How did your week go after the league game? Because I know you was, dis you was really disappointed last week after that. Did you have a good week in training? Oh, yeah. We was in first thing in the morning um, after the league game to make sure that we went through that. We kind of spoke about it. Put it to bed. Yeah, right? well, uh, yeah, well, used it as a little bit of fuel coming towards, obviously, this week as well. And everyone kind of got it, spoke the right things. Um, training, like I say, you, you watch us kind of playing training and some of the, the defensive side of stuff, what we're doing training and we're kind of fine, we're good, and you're coming into the games confident again. But then, like I say, at half time, we're in the game, just second half, errors, 
ill discipline, stuff like that. Well, thanks a lot for speaking to me today, and you keep fighting here, keep hanging in there, mate, and best of luck on Friday against this wheel, mate. Oh, there was Ian Watson uh, talking about the defeat against Catalan Dragons, Paul, and he's, he's getting more frustrated by the week. Yeah, he he didn't seem as frustrated as he did. Well, not as mad as he did after the after the league game. Um, but yeah, it, it was a it, it was a a good chat, I thought, and um, I wasn't as nervous waiting for him. But yeah, he is frustrated. It's it's difficult. Like he said um, about the training, the training's been going really well. He said they've been brilliant in, in training. He believe said that last night. You know, everything seems to look good, and then when they go out onto the field into the battle it's a, total, it's a different kettle of fish and it's totally different and Ian can't hold her hands on the pitch can he he can only do so much in the week and then it's up to the players to go and do it so it, it must be frustrating for him Robbie. it really must be because he's like Ian Blee said last night and we know from, from him telling us he does a lot of work Ian. he works every hour God sends to to make this, this side work and all the homework he does he's watching videos and and all sorts and, and, and putting every hour in so he's putting the work in and, and he'll get rewarded he will I mean I said it to you last week about about Leeds Rhinos and and, and Brian McDermott when they lost the three pivotal players in, in Peacock and Simfield and, and Kyler Lulai a few years ago they went into a bit of a transition and they, and they, they finished in the bottom four didn't they and, and had a real struggle of a season and I think to a certain extent us losing Dobson O'Brien and Masilla is a, sim, a similar thing you've lost three three key men if he side there and not replaced them. No disrespect to the guys who've come in. Not replaced them with the, with the quality. So he's doing it tough. He's only got those tools there to use. And it's like any trade, my trade that I work in, if you took all my gear off me, all my tools off me, am I going to be able to do as many jobs or do the jobs to the best of my ability? No, I'm not. So I'm not finding excuses for him, but I think he's doing it tough. And um, we've just got to keep the faith. I was thinking about Dennis Betts the other day. Look how long he's been in charge at Witness. He's been in charge about eight years now. Now, and I know a lot of their supporters have been frustrated with things that have gone on there but they're seeing the fruits now of, of keeping faith with them I know they're not they're struggling this season but they've got a lot of young young lads coming through in that side and you know, sometimes you've got to you've got to keep the faith and, and persevere and that's what I'd be doing here because I think Ian's doing a top job Ian Watson's doing a top job you know, we both agree with that uh, we're a team in, in transition in the club that's in transition does Ian Watson have to make changes, change his way slightly to, yeah. to get the result back? Because obviously we know, we, you know, we talk about players going and you know having to, you know, amend, you know, the way the way the team plays. And for me, it, it, he's not really changed his style. He's, he's kind of swapped Wellaraki for Ben Ben, uh, no, yeah, Ben Murnett is doing the same kind of job, but Wellaraki and Ben Ben Murnett-Masala are two different style, type of players, aren't they? Um, yeah. Do, do you think? Ian Watson have to change his style slightly to see if he can galvanise possibly the, the club and the team. Yeah, possibly. Going back to that example there you mentioned about, um, well, Araki, he's not the same type of player as Masilla is. Masilla's like a really rugged runner. I've been watching him recently. I mean, his performances for Warrington and wow, what what a player he is. I mean, the break he made on. Um, Saturday against Wigan and he had a bit of a ding-dong with Sam Tonkins as well it was quite 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 humorous to watch it when he broke through and I thought oh go on run through straight through Tonkins but I think he passed to Kevin Brown and Kevin Brown got caught but he's an entertaining player explosive player and Wellerak is not that sort of player he's not that same sort of power as he so um, you are missing missing Ben and you're missing his tries from last season but there's not much we can do about that we've just got to go with, with the tools that we've got but just another thing I'd like to mention on Ian is He's been in charge now nearly three years or so, two and a half, three years or whatever it is. He's he's had a lot to put up with. 
off the field. And and a lot of blokes that have walked away from that. There's a lot of people in rugby league who just walked away and said, no, I'm done. You know, with a six-point deduction, all the hoo-ha we had last season with the, the change in the name and things like that. And then all the, the difficulties this season. I'm not blaming the, the, the new, you know, Andy Rosler, the new directors and whatever, because it was a transition. It took a long while, didn't it, for that board to get ratified. And I think we missed the boat, didn't we, on certain players because of the money things. And and that's whoever's fault it is. I'm not going to pin the blame on anybody. It's just the way, the way things work. So, obviously, Ian didn't have as much time to prepare and, and sign players. So, that's another hardship that he's had to deal with but he don't moan about it he just gets on with his job doesn't he and I think if you were to judge Ian Watson on a full season with you know where he could spend a bit of money and bring players in and have no off the field drowns I think you see you know another cracking I mean, last season with all that he had to put up with he got us to a semi-final and we finished fourth after 23 rounds alright we fell away a bit but it was, a, it was an improvement on the season before and I think overall he's took the club forward in my opinion anyway I suppose now, Paul, we're a, like you said before, we're a club in transition, and we don't have buckets of money to spend on on players. And it, I suppose it's now it's to see a test for for Ian Watson and the players to see if he can sort of galvanise each other and, and make you know something happen. Because obviously last season we had momentum, we had you know um, you know players who, who who were on farm and and Mao and Kukash, you know putting a bit of cash in sometimes as well. Uh, to, to, to take us to that next level and, and now obviously with Marlon Kukash uh, disappearing off into the sunset and the, the new uh, you know board in control and, and having to do things a different way it's a different set of challenges isn't it that Ian Watson and the players have to face of course it is yeah and money's not everything you think about when, when Marlon Kukash came into the club and you know, it was a, obviously we struggled that first season, didn't we? And uh, the, the big signs were made, you know, the Maulers, Garafot, Kevin Locke, uh, who else came in? Tim Smith, Frankie Chase, big names came in. And what did we win? <laughs> we was bobbins, weren't we? We didn't. We're better now than we were then. So you can't buy that success. It's built on teams, but money doesn't always get you anywhere. I, I'm a person who's not ruled by money, and I always think of it like that. You've got to earn respect and. And, and build up your side, build your youth policy. That's the best way to go, I think. And um, you know, given time, I think he's doing a good job. He's he's done it his own way. And um, I think back to the time when when Brian Noble was there, and I thought he's made a lot of daft signings. And I think if Ian had been there then when Marwan first took over, I think he'd have been a bit more calm about it. And I think he'd have brought the right people in. So perhaps we got Ian a bit too late, but he's there now. And one thing he says he's bringing the right sort of players in, isn't he? And I think at the moment, perhaps we are struggling a bit for numbers and struggling for form as well. And uh, but I, I'm fully back into turn that round. Yeah, I've got plenty of plenty of games. It's seven games to go to, to the to the Super. There's seven games to go to to when the season splits. And if you look at the, the the games we've got coming up, I mean, I'm not one of these people. Me who looks at the fixtures and says, "Yeah, we'll win that one. We'll win this one." But we've got Castleford at home, Widnes at home. Maybe games where we, we should be in Leeds at home as well, and then they're struggling a bit this season, aren't they? Not that we ever beat them both, but um, in away games, we've got all okay, some massive away games. You know, that game all okay, is going to be crucial. Just booked it, I booked a couple of days off work for that as well, so uh, so I'll be able to get to that one. Um, Catalan away as well, they're down with us, aren't they, at the moment, or down that neck end of the table. So these seven games, now they'll soon go as well, Rob, won't they? It'll soon be July, and that, that league will be splitting, so it's going to be exciting, these the seven matches. We're still eight, from the, and there's still, you know, the ball is still certainly. Yeah. So there's obviously people are, are panicking that you know the chasing pack is still chasing, but you know we've got the points in the bank. We, we find a couple of wins, and we explain that gap again. You know, all is rosy again. That's yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so, Rob. The ball is in our court at the moment. If we can keep winning matches and just keep ahead of them teams. I mean, if you look at the other side, I know this is a bit of a daft thing to say, but if you look at the other side of the coin, if we do finish in the top eight, we're probably going to be quite a way behind the top four anyway. So, really, that top eight will be, I know we're safe, but they'll all be sort of dead rubber games anyway. But if we finish in the bottom four, it'll be pretty exciting, won't it? But I know, I don't want that to happen. I'm just, just losing it as an example. Yeah. Obviously, we want to get in the top eight because we don't want, like we were saying yesterday to Ian, please, Nobody wants to go through that that million pound. I couldn't. I couldn't do another million pound game, mate. It'd be, uh, be a lot of stress. I mean, my ears fell out as it is. But another another million pound game, I think it'd be a bit too much. Well, it's not just a million pound game. It would be it would be the, the bottom sort of eight playoff team because obviously you've yeah. got you know uh, Toronto, you've got Lee, you've got Featherstone, you'll have London. To lose. Got, well, to lose. I don't like to lose, but. Um, you know, and then you don't you like to lose, you do. That's what I says. Vendetta, you've got against no, Toulouse. No, 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 Vendetta, Paul. Just I went and watched against Swinton. I thought I watched them and I thought this, these are super league sides, but they weren't playing Swinton. They're not doing bad in the league table, are they? Uh, second, yeah. top, oh, third top now. Yeah. Well, the joint. It's a very tight league actually. It's Toronto have got twenty six. Yeah. Uh, London 20 Toulouse 20 and Featherstone 20 and then Lee have got 18 so that, I mean it's their um, summer bash at Blackpool this weekend isn't it the championship so that's going to be really exciting that's on the telly as well so I'm going to try and watch some of that I know Lee play um, Toronto so there's going to be some spice in that game that should be a good one so you've got four, you've got sort of four from five there and then you've got our Super League you know the bottom four of the Super League as well it's, it's kind of Grand final after grand final after grand final, isn't it? Because all the clubs are going to be of similar quality, aren't they? And yeah, it's going to be exciting. The, uh, it's exciting, but also nerve wracking at the same time, Paul. Because obviously, the last million pound, uh, you know, uh, sort of mate, sort of playoffs, we were in certain games. You could say, yeah, we'll, we'll win that one, we'll win that one. But in this one, every game's in a, a toss of a coin, and you know, you don't want to be in that situation, do you? Where you know, you're rolling yeah. dice every every time. Plus, well, you you say that last time when we we ended up in the middle eight, we lost at home to London, didn't we? True. which was a disappointing game and that was a game you said oh you'll nail them they're in the mm. championship but we lost that game we lost at home to Old Car as well didn't we so mm. um, we lost to Lee and we lost to Leeds we lost four games didn't we out of the seven so yeah um, you know I, we don't want that again let's just get in that top eight and you know just take each game as it comes in that if it, it's going to be tough isn't it playing the top sides but I, I think you'd rather finish in that and leash is stable and you next season secure yeah yeah Obviously, looking at the stats, uh, Paul, for the game, uh, top tacklers, uh, Logan Tonkins with 38, Lee Mossett with 38, Matt Flanagan with 32, George Griffin with 41, um, you know, Craig Kopchak with 25, Paul was making big, big tackles. Yeah, yeah, well, in the first half, defences were on top, really, because you look at the day, it was a really warm day, and the, the day before, there was a lot of points scored in all the games, wasn't there, it was a... I think that first half was probably the, the tightest, tightest game of the, of the weekend. So uh, there was there was some good defence in there, and we just got caught out a few times. That we were doing a silly kick through. I think one when um, Logan Tompkins didn't ground a ball, and I think it was, was it Busquet who scored that that try there. So there was a few mistakes again, and they they capitalised on that and, and took the chances. They've got fast backs, haven't they? They've got a bit of pace out wide, and and they they took the advantage of us there. But in the middle, our defence was you know, pretty solid, really. Yeah. Looking at the top metre makers, uh, we've got Olfert with 90, uh, Daniel Murray with 72, uh, Craig Kotchak with 72, uh, Lee Mossett with 55, Flanagan with 55. I think in, in Super League games, you need at least sort of two and three of your players over 100 metres, don't you? Uh, yeah. Metres. And, and, you know, we didn't, we didn't quite get there, did we? No, and Catalan's got a big pack as well, haven't they? 
and they're, they're probably on the par with us for the size of their forwards. I mean, we all talked about our pack being good this season, but I'm Catalan, haven't they? I thought they played well. I mean, like I said before, I don't want to sort of say, oh, it's an excuse for us, we, you know, they played well, but they did, they've got a decent pack, and we found it tough. And I was particularly impressed with um, Tony Gigo. I've mentioned him a few times in the reports on that, but he's a clever player, and I thought we found him hard to deal with on on Sunday. Yeah, it was a it was a difficult difficult game, but you know you've got to bounce back, Paul, and hopefully that's what the the players are looking forward to doing on uh, Friday. I'm sure they will, mate. Looking at you, big thanks to everyone who gave us your three word match reports from one of the matches uh, for the game against Catalan Dragons. Uh, Chairman Bob, a tragic weekend. His man of the match was uh, Josh Wood. Uh, Paul Foster, one man rugby. Uh, his man of the match was Greg Johnson. I think Paul Foster's got a point. It was a lot of one out rugby. Um, whether that's confidence or, or lack of creativity, could be could be a bit of both. I'd say it was a bit of both, Rob. To be honest with you. Um, Adam Person, a decent top that. Yeah, lot, our Magic Weekend top got uh, big thumbs up. We won the was it kit of the weekend, um, which is good. Yeah, it did it look nice, didn't it? It looked really nice on the uh, play. And just while we're on that, should we, yeah. can we give a mention to Mark Hay? Yeah, we can, yeah. Mark Hay, um, one of our listeners from Australia, Paul, um, get, get started out with a, a couple of nice shirts, didn't he? He did, yeah. He sent us a really nice message as well, didn't he? Saying he listens to the, I know Mark listens to the podcast every week in Australia, and he's very supportive of us, isn't he? And, and likes the shows, isn't he? It's great that he enjoys them, and uh, I just like, I mean, we both like to just thank him up for that, because it was a really nice gesture, and I couldn't wear my um, my shirt on Sunday because I was doing a bit in the press and you know what they are, I felt like you're not allowed to wear club colours and all that so uh, they wouldn't, I had my badges on though so uh, I covered them up when I walked in but uh, my mum wore that shirt on, on Sunday and uh, it was it was great to see all the all the Salford supporters in the Gallagate end there and I think it was a very special that you know with all what's gone on I've just been watching the concert tonight from, from town you know all the, the hymns and that for that um, not for the, the terrible things that went on a year ago and I thought you know our supporters did the club proud on, on Sunday yeah and obviously you know our thoughts were all the family and friends of all the people the victims of that terrible atrocity uh, but obviously let's just talk about Mark again you know we're doing this podcast nearly four years uh, you know first time he's got people someone's gone out of the way Paul and, and actually given us a gift for all the hard work we've, that we've put in and it's it, it really I felt quite emotional when he, when he actually came through the post I was a bit like I yeah. can't believe it I can't believe it uh, no, I, I was the same. I, I was the same. I thought it was a, just a really, really nice thing to do, and I felt pretty humbled about it, really, because I know we're only amateurs, aren't we, doing this, and we just do it because of a love for the club. But for someone to go out of the way and, and say thanks to you and do that, I think it's, it's really great. And I think that that's the kind of mentality of Salford supporters, mate, and, and, and rugby league supporters. You know, they're a, they're a top breed of people, aren't they? And for Mark to do that, you know, hats off to you, Mark. And anytime you're over in England and you're over for a match, I'd love to meet you and have a chat with you, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, next one, uh, Ryan Ashen, familiar sinking feeling. Uh, his man of the match with Daryl Olfert. Uh, Dom Hall, too many underperforming. Uh, he didn't have a man of the match. Um, Mike Pevitt, no, no win soon. Uh, Steve, not good enough. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was a bit, a bit frustrating, a bit unhappy that we'd, we'd, we'd perform that way. Uh, but bottom line, we're still in the eight. Uh, we've still got games to fix it, so let's just get on and, and do it. Yeah, a lot of supporters, I think, send those three-word match reports straight after the game, don't they? And that's when it's raw, isn't it? Raw emotion. And 
I understand that, Rob, because <clears throat> I was the same. I was the same on Sunday. I was, I was good. It was funny on, on Sunday. I'll tell you a little story. When I, was, when I was sat in the press with Ryan, you know, young Ryan Boo, who does yeah. some stuff for the club. He does some cracking writing as well, Ryan, if you read his stuff in the programme. But um, Luke Burgess was sat behind us with Ben Nakabuai. And uh, just listening to, to Luke, he, he sort of, uh, he lived every tackle. Especially in that first, I think he moved in the second half, but he lived every tackle and he was really getting wound up. And because uh, you've got to be a bit impartial when you go in there, but I find it really difficult sometimes as well. A bad decision and you, you know, bang the table or whatever, or stand up and shout something that everybody looks at you. So I tried to behave on, on so I just thought it was funny because Luke Burgess was uh, was really wound up. You want to try it with a microphone in your hand, Paul? <laughs> when something like a really silly second tackle well, penalty. I think I did at Lee There's a few times at Lee when we was commentating with you at Lee and uh, I had to sort of lean the other way and swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that where you, you kind of like, you say, oh, you think, oh, what's he giving away? That's only penalty for. Well, I know, I know because sometimes you look at me as if to say you're going to ask me something and then you can see that, no, I won't bother asking yeah. anything about that. <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> because of his face. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, sometimes that does happen. Uh, but yeah, it's one, it's one of them. It's one of them. We have, we have to move forward. We have to keep stick together and hopefully, you know, get through this barren patch and uh, record the next win against Huddersfield on uh, on Friday. So that was the review of the game against Catalan Dragons. And next up on the Devil Detail, we're going to look at all the big news coming out of South Red Devils this week. Seven days a week, twenty-four hours a day. Live radio contact. Here's the news coming out of Salford Red Devils. Paul, we went to a Salford Red Devils supporters trust meeting uh, last night at Wharton uh, British Legion. You know, it was a cracking night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a good night. Yeah, they enjoyed it, Rob. Um, it was, I must admit, I was a bit nervous about going to it, you know, after the after the captain game. I thought it was like lamps to the slaughter, you know. But it, it was good. Uh, um, the questions that Ian Blees got asked were very sensible ones from everybody in the audience. There was a lot of... Um, you know, people that we knew there. It was nice to see everybody in the same room and say hi to everybody. And uh, I think it's good to get these get-togethers. Dave was saying that last night. It's good for the supporters just to get together. And you know, we, I think there's nearly 500 members now, so it's great. And it'd be great if everyone, every support, every season to get older could be a member next season. That's what it's all about, pushing the club forward. And I thought Ian Blees did a great job. He, uh, he was he's very open and honest. He answered all the questions that were asked asked of him, and uh, very informative night. And I came away from it, you know, feeling a bit more positive after uh, after Sunday. Yeah, I think it's like say it's all about that community feel, and I think support trust meetings add that bit of extra, you know, community feel to all those fans. Before sometimes the AJ Bell moved to there, it, it lost that kind of you know family feel in it. But you know things like that kind of brings it all back together, and you know it's more like this the better, I think. Yeah, because at the end of the day, everybody in that room last night, Rob, wants the same thing, don't they? They want a Salford Rugby League club to be successful, but I think for the greater good, they want Salford Rugby League club to carry on existing. And I think that's the, the first thing you want before the, the success comes after, doesn't it? And the way things are at the moment with money situations and things like that, it, we just want the club to survive, don't we? And um, we all want the same thing. And people are doing a good job aren't they well a great job you know of, um, of sort of raising funds and putting bus routes on the supporters trust in particular doing doing this and, and the supporters who go week in week out as well you know we've got a, a good loyal hardcore support haven't we at Salford there might not be you know, tens of thousands of us but I've said it before on here the, the support we've got you've only got to listen to them on Sunday in that Gallagate and at Newcastle the singing that was coming from them you know we, they were the loudest supporters there 
and um, I thought it was great. I really did the way they get behind them every week and. The supporters just he's just just there to pull supporters together, and I just I just hope more people are going to buy into it now and uh, and just get on board with it. Yeah, talking about the supporters, plus we spoke to Dave Campbell after the meeting, and this we had to say. So I'm joined by Dave Campbell, fresh from the uh, Salford Devil Supporters Trust night. Good night, this one. It was a good night, that mate, wasn't it? Thanks for your help. Um, I saw Ian Blaze um, and Josh Wood spoke really well tonight. Um, Ian was very candid, spoke to, uh, didn't swerve any questions, and was very open and honest about where we're at at the moment as a club. Um, and I thought Josh Wood spoke really well as well. Actually, got to find out a bit more about him and his background. It's great. It's great, mate. Been a, been a really good six months. Lots of positivity around the uh, the supporters trust. And you know, how far can we go with this? We've got to we've got to get to the point where every fan is a member of the supporters trust. Um, that's what that's my opinion anyway. Um, the more membership we've got, the more things we can do. Um, just looking back over the last six months, um, you know, we've got our second supporters trust bus running this week in a different location. So um, by by Friday, our services will be covering um, about 10 wards within the city, Barton, Boothtown, Claremont, Eccles, Langworthy, Little Alton, Walkden, Weast, Seedley, Winton, Worsley. So we're, we're covering all the city. That was one of the big things fans were saying to us when we kicked this off about getting to the stadium. We've put a, You can get on a bus now for a fiver return from Little Holton or from the pre, Salford Precinct. Um, you can also jump on the bus outside the games, just one way, pay four quid and get home to, on our routes. Um, our first bus, you can just put your hand out and get on it at any bus stop. You can pay contactless, cash, you can buy your ticket online. Um, the RD2 that starts on Friday is dropping in at the Chill Factor as well, so you can park there if you want, go and have something to eat, park there and go to the game. I think that's about a quid or two quid or something to jump on. So really good value. So um, We've done the Supporters Trust Travel. We've been putting events on like tonight. I think this is our maybe third or fourth Q&A. Um, we've also got um, an evening with Ian Watson coming on the 15th of June. We really need people to buy tickets for that. Um, yeah, so we're just we're involved in so much, and that's then without talking about stuff like, um, you know, the work we're doing with the club and directly, you know, Andy Rosler, Ian Blees, the foundation, you know, we're working directly with club, representing fans and you know supporting the club through this you know period of time. So yeah, busy, very busy. Yeah, talking about the relationship with the club, you know, it's a good one. Obviously, working with the club, hoping that we can you know keep moving forward and keep developing. Yes, mate. Um, for example, this uh, half community se- community ticket for the uh, sorry the community club season ticket for the juniors under 18s. Every player that's registered with a, a community club now can get themselves a season ticket to the end of the season. That's through dialogue between us, the supporters trust, the foundation, and the club all working together. So that's like a, a really good example of the kind of stuff we're involved with. So yeah, we we we, we want to get to a position in a couple of weeks where we've announced as as uh, club fans and foundation a plan one plan all working in the same direction to you know raise the profile of club and and, and, and be you know be a success so we're getting there we're working hard and uh, you know 
people just need to keep signing up, join the trust and keep supporting what we're doing. I don't know how you feel, Dave, Rob. I mean, yesterday's disappointing result, but for me, coming here tonight, I was a bit deflated yesterday on my way home from, from Newcastle, but coming here tonight, I feel a lot more positive now. I mean, I was looking forward to Friday anyway, but I think tonight, I think Ian Blee spoke really well, and uh, it was a credit to the club, really, I thought, and, and Josh Wood. And I think the, the positive, what, I thought there was a positive mood at the end of that meeting there. I mean, throughout the meeting, there was a, there was a few moans and groans, weren't there? But at the end, I think everybody's gone home in a positive mood and looking forward to Friday, and you must feel that this meeting has been a success. This is it's been a really good success in my opinion because people fans could come and ask questions directly of Ian and Ian answered them openly and honestly. We were talking about uh, player recruitment tonight. He was very open and honest that he's trying to, but he's explained sort of the landscape of the uh, you know the profile of of the club and sort of the landscape where we sit with other clubs and the, you know the challenges that he's facing. So you know, get yourself to one of these events. Come and find out. And, and, and ask the questions um, the club and you know the club the supporters trust the foundation we know we've got to communicate better hopefully within the next couple of weeks we can do this again and we can we, we, we'll get Andy here as well Andy Rosler can come down as well um, and, and, and Andy will speak up very openly and honest I think what because we've spoke tonight what it does it gives um, it gives supporters the understanding behind decisions that are going on and if they understand where the clubs are really understand they can you know they're on side then if 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 you don't communicate that message well and 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 and, and fans don't know what's going on well then that's when you know people get disgruntled stop coming to the game uh, criticise but if they come in and ask open and honest questions and you get open and honest answers uh, you can understand why decisions are being made and, and it's just a, it's the climate we're in we're in this position now where you know we, we can't spell, spend the full cap uh, we've got a smaller squad in Super League and that's the reality of it but people have been able to ask that question tonight and they've got they've got the honest answer back so I think people will have left uh, you know a bit more sort of uh, enlightened to what's going on so yeah we've got to do more of this and we, we will do we, that's our plan we'll, we'll do this as regular as we can just going back to the rugby I asked Ian please before for a prediction he swerved it didn't he Rob he well, sort of went right round it but I'm going to ask you now Dave what's your prediction for Friday night for Friday win we're going to win we're going to bounce back from you, get, you win a meal if you get the score I'll tell you what if, if this table's getting bigger and bigger here Paul we've got Ian Lee you've got Dave on it as well you've got to get a score right haven't <laughs> What you want a score prediction? You want a score prediction oh, after your day? Right. Wow. Um, uh, 2010 to us. 2010. Salford sounds like a, a good win. Big thanks for telling us. Anything, anything bigger, big events to come that you want the, the listeners to know about? Yeah, we just need you to come to an evening with Adrian Marler. There's an interview on our website that Paul did for us. Paul met with him about a week or so back. Adrian is a Salford lad, great character. Um, he's gonna he's gonna tell us his story. We've got a comedian on, a nice three course dinner um, or a tea if you're from Salford. Uh, in, at Beulah, right right in the centre of the city. Come down, let's have a good night um, and let's fill the place. And then the more people that come and buy tickets, the more of this, more good stuff we can do with the money. We're putting it back into uh, the club, the development of the club. That's what we're that's what we're doing. So we need you to support these events. We need you to get on the, those supporter trust, trust buses. We need you to sign up to the trust. We need you to come to the evening with Adrian Marley. It'll be a good night. So please, people, just 
get yourself a ticket sorted. And the telephone number is, here's Debbie McGee with the telephone number. Uh, yeah, you can get hold of Dennis Riley on 07922-413-276. Or you can just email us at events dot salford rlfc st at gmail.com and it's all on our website everything's on there that you need see you on the 15th of june yeah talking about that, the uh, adrian mall interview i've flipped the last 10 minutes of that where he talks about salford and the actual uh, uh, event and this is what you have to say right i'm delighted to say i'm with adrian Morley, sat outside in the sunshine rugby league legend enforcer hard man there's, there's a lot of names we can use to, to introduce you, Adrian, but how are you doing? No, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, it's not, not often we get sun like this, so it's nice to sit in the sun and have a, have a chat, but um, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I've actually, uh, I've left rugby league, well, not, not totally left it, but um, I was involved at coaching it uh, over in at Leeds last year, and the, the role was all right, but just to travel every day from, from Salford wasn't great, and we got a young family, I wasn't seeing them much at weekends, and... Why not? So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to have a, going to have a change. So that's why we're here. This is our office. Uh, I work for um, the best mate's got a company, Frameworks Recruitment. So um, I'm involved in in, um, in that line of work now. But I'm still involved a little bit with the rugby league because uh, I told them what I was going to do, and they said um, we don't want to lose you totally to the sport. And they said, you know, we'll send you on so many promotions and appearances throughout the year, you know, Challenge Cup, etc. But they said. What do you think about the judiciary? And I thought it was uh, taking the mickey. I said, uh, I don't think much of it really. I've had a few uh, issues with it myself. Well, they said, uh, it takes a thief to catch a thief. How would, how would you feel about coming working for the judiciary? And um, Would you not be letting them all off though and say, no, that was all well, right? That. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, or I could, I could ban them for not actually doing uh, not doing them not, not, not doing them uh, breaking the nose but uh, but it's, it's something I've, I've obviously been involved with throughout my career but it's fascinating you know to see uh, you know I'll be listening to them state their case whether they think they're innocent or guilty but um, you know as I said I thought it was a bit ironic that he was asking me but there's a number of ex players on the um, on the panel Mainly forwards, because you know the forwards used to get involved with the the dark side of the sport more than the more than the back. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing that at the moment as well. Players have been rubbing their hands. Are they going to get away with murder? Hey, well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, do as I say, don't do as I do. So, so how, how did you how did you come about into rugby? Your brother Chris is older than you, Chris Morley. Isn't he? He, he played, is. didn't he, as well? Uh, it, it was your junior club when it all started. Eccles. So I, I didn't I didn't play. Rugby. I used to play football first. Uh, and in fact, the lad who's my boss now, we we met playing for Seedley FC um, football so I played that it went until I got to high school that's when they played rugby league as well and um, so I put my name down for the because I got two older brothers Chris and Steve they both played I knew they loved it so I put my name down for the rugby team and it was one of them as soon as I had my first game I knew this was the, the sport for me then and joined the club Eccles and then it, it just went from there really but we wasn't we weren't particularly good Eccles but as the years went on and on we got better and better you know when we used to play against the teams from Saints and Wigan who'd been playing since they were you know seven six and seven year old we used to get a, a good hiding but as we got better and better um, we, we was a match for him and we, we, had a, we had a good side in fact when all the best players signed like it was quite vintage in terms of the talent there was Sean Long, 
Kane and Cunningham, Paul Schoolthorpe, and when you played against them, you knew they were going to, you know, they were going to go to the very top of that, and they, they, they proved me right. But, but I, I wasn't like that. I, you know, didn't make any of the the rep sides, uh, all the best play side. But then we had to have another year under 18s, and then suddenly we were the we were the best side in the in the northwest. Uh, we had a player called Nathan McAvoy, who, you know, everyone's heard of. He went on to have a good professional career. He was our best player. So all the scouts were coming down looking at Nathan, but that gave the rest of us a chance to show what we could do. And um, I remember uh, under 18s, I made my first reps. I played for Lancashire, then, then played for, for Great Britain Barla. And then I was getting a bit of interest, and I, I'd had an offer from Lee and an offer from Swinton. Um, so I, I was just delighted to be to yeah. be offered a professional contract, but I wanted to sign for Salford really. That was me, uh, you know. I was a massive Salford fan, but we played a we played a Lancashire Cup final against Blackbrook. Uh, it was at the Willows, so I thought now's my chance to show Salford what I can do. I played well, scored a try, and uh, but it was the the lead scout coming in the changing room said, Adrian, we've come looking at McAvoy, but we like what we're seeing you. We want to sign you, so you know. I had an offer from Swinton or an offer from Leeds. It wasn't a, wasn't a tough decision, really. It was, um, you know, because at the time, apart from the great Wigan side, Leeds were the, the second yeah. best team in the land. So that's how I ended up signing professional and, you know, going to the to the wrong counter. But out of that team, five of us signed pro. Um, four went to Salford, and I went to Leeds. But out of all five of us, I was probably the biggest Salford fan. I used to live 100 metres from the Willows yeah, and. Yeah. Um, you know, used to go to, uh, Thursday night. Used to go to the A team game Saturday afternoon. Watch the academy, and then Sunday, Sunday the first team. Uh, but yeah, that's just the way, it, just the way it went, really. When you finished at Warrington, was the Salford move inevitable then, or was it other sides that were casing round? No, you no, it was, it was. Uh, you know, Marwan, uh, he, he rang me uh, throughout that year because I, I was really happy at, uh, at Warrington. You know, I was captain, was making these major finals, but but when I spoke to Marwan, I just I just felt, you know, being a Salford lad, still a Salford fan, if I didn't represent my own town, it probably would feel a bit incomplete, my, my, my career. And, you know, and Marwan said, oh, we, we're going to sign not just yourself, we're going to sign uh, X, Y and Z, and we're, we're going to make you a force to be reckoning with. And I just thought, you know, it's too good an opportunity, you know, to to, to not finish my career uh, in my hometown. And, um, yeah, so so did that. Played, played my final game at, at, at Warrington but I didn't speak to anyone else that was just uh, where I wanted to go when I, I spoke to Simon Moran and he, he understood my uh, reasoning um, you know he wanted to, to stay you know he did say uh, so it was not as if he got rid of me I had nowhere else to go so that was after I phoned Salford which you know it's a nice position to be in where uh, you know the, the, the uh, the current club still wants you in there, but it was my uh, my decision ultimately. Did you enjoy your time at Salford? It was quite. What's the word I'm looking for? It didn't really work out, did it? That there was big signings, the team sort of struggled. But do you feel anything could have gone different? Do you have any regrets about that time there? No, no, no regrets. Um, you know, very very few regrets throughout my career. Um, no, it, it was still. Even though we underachieved for the squad we had, uh, it was no less special for me. You know, wearing the, the training gear and Salford gear and wearing the, the badge on a, on a on a Sunday afternoon, it was uh, it was great. But it would have been nice to uh, be a bit more competitive. But 
you know that that, that just wasn't wasn't the uh, wasn't the way it went. Um, I would have liked to have uh, been involved in a few of them signings. You know, yeah. I think there was a, a little bit something wrong with the culture. You know, there was a few players who were signed who probably weren't team players who we could have signed players with a bit less talent. But did uh, you find it a bit frustrating team, yourself when you were there? A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. As I say, it was it was great, you know, great. Uh, you can only go out and do your job, can't you? To the best of your ability, you can't. Yeah, you know, sort can. of get other players to do it, can you? Of course, you, of course you can't. But uh, but no, it was still uh, still enjoyable and it was still um, a nice nice finish to my career. Did you think about playing on, or was that it for you at the end? Was it the end of 2015 you finished? Yeah. Didn't you? Uh, well, actually, uh, you went and played for Leeds, didn't you? You played a game there, yeah, didn't did, you? I against did. New Zealand. Well, uh, Ian Motson, who, who actually was in the the Eccles side when I was a kid, he he, he wanted me to play on. You know, he said you're a great influence around the place, and because uh, I was still doing really well fitness-wise, I, uh, you know, I edited me all my career. As soon as these youngsters start beating me in the fitness drills, I'll just call it a day. But I was still fit, and I was still. Do you still keep fit now? Because you're looking yeah. in decent shape. Yeah, yeah. no, I still, still keep fit now. Yeah, yeah. But so I was still, but I knew in me in me heart of hearts, I knew my performances yeah. were. Then uh, I thought, uh, you know, do do I want to? Go on for another year and you know make a bit of a not not knob myself, but just I don't I didn't want to not be able to do my job. Go out at the right yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so, but I was debating and uh, anyway, but the the I got uh, I played Bradford in the middle eights and I got a whack on my neck and all my neck went numb, all my arm went numb. I was on the floor. And I just thought, you know what, I don't don't need this anymore. So that you know that that I was I was still debating, but that. Whack. Thankfully, it was all right, but uh, that that made me decision for me really. So, so I announced my retirement, and uh, it was lovely. It was it coincided with um, my third kidder um, the week leading up to my final home game, and they, they made a fuss on the pitch. They got a, a couple of Salford legends. There was um, the artist Harold Riley um, gives a presentation, and Chris Esquith, the ex Salford. Uh, and Great Britain captain was there, and it was it was nice. Um, and then the following week, I played my final club game. That was away at OKR, well, that, and that was lovely. You know, after the game, there was a, a lot of the OKR fans yeah. were singing, and uh, you know, I don't mind admitting it, it was uh, emotional. But then I got a phone call off uh, of Gary Etherington saying, uh, you know, Leeds are going to play against the Kiwis in the as a warm-up game for the for the Four Nations. Do you want to do you want to play? And I thought, what a, what a wonderful gesture, you know, where uh, to, to finish where it started more than 20 years before, and uh, you know, re really pleased that. Especially after he knocked you back a few times. Exactly. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. 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 No, that was. Uh, yeah. Normally, I get off the phone thinking, you, yeah. can you swear on this? <laughs> you, you, you uh, anyway. But, uh, but yeah. So it was, it was nice, and um, the game was, was great. There was 20,000 people there at Headingley. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a great, great way to finish. So uh, that was me, the final ever, ever game of rugby. League. You went into coaching then, didn't you? As you were saying before at the start, do you miss being involved in rugby league now? Are you, you look quite happy in yourself in doing what you're doing? You're enjoying it. Do you know what? I still love the sport, and um, you know, I'd miss some players, and I'd advise any kid or you know bloke to get into it. But just at this stage of my life, I'm, I'm happy not being involved just because I get my weekends back and um, it's an important time for your kids as well is, I suppose yeah, though, so I've only got a young, you know, young family and um, you know my weekends are my own and we went on holiday just gone to Easter and uh, 
no matter what level you're involved in rugby league, you just can't go away at Easter. So uh, we went away then, just the wife and I going away for a couple of days in a couple of weeks. So just family-wise, we've got a lot more flexibility and, um, you know, enjoying working with my mate and just get me foot in the door a little bit with the sport, but I'm happy not being involved with, uh, with the club. In fact, I went to um, first game of the season, Warrington Leeds, and I just watched it as a fan, you know, didn't have yeah. a job to do yeah. and I sat down, had a few beers and I just thought this is this is the way to, to watch rugby league, not panicking or, you know, worried about anything on the on the sidelines. So so to be to be fair, a lot of my rugby mates were saying, You're just doing this as a stopgap, you're gonna get back into league but it's probably gone the other way thinking, yeah. you know, I can't think uh, you know, I, I will I will get back into it. I suppose you can't really plan something like that. You just take each day as it comes, don't you? Yeah, you enjoy, do. enjoy you your do. family time. Your kids are only young once, aren't they? And exactly. if you can enjoy your time with them now, that's that's the main thing now, I suppose. Because exactly. you've, you've done your time in rugby league, haven't you? So yeah, no, you're right. And uh, you know that coaching it, it consumes you really. You've got to be, you know, 24/7. You've got to think about yeah. it. And yeah. um, you know, with with the young family, I'd, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather spend spend a bit more time with them. So uh, no, it's good. You know, five o'clock on a Friday, turn my phone off and. Yeah. Don't need to put it back on until Monday to me. morning. I wish I could do that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, at the minute, I'm, uh, I'm just uh, just enjoying it. And you're getting involved with the Salford RLFC Supporters Trust now. Uh, you yeah. tell us about it. It's the 15th of June, I think it is. I hope I've got the date right. And it's at Beulah Park, and you're doing a sportsman's dinner. I am. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I mean, a lot, a lot of the stuff we touched on now, I'll, I'll be, I'll be speaking about. But I've been doing it couple of years now. Uh, Save your funny stories for that, for right, the, for the right, sports. Okay, yeah, right, don't tell okay, me them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, it's something, uh, you know, I, don't, I didn't think I'd get into it really because I was never, you know, naturally uh, a, a storyteller or anything like that, but, you know, playing with someone like Barry McDermott, he was, you know, a larger than life character. He was always going to be a afternoon speaker. But Have you first, done it before? After yeah, speaker, yeah, yeah, well, the first couple I did, I was that nervous. I just thought, you know what, I'm not doing this. It's not worth it. You know, I don't, don't didn't enjoy it. But then, you know, my mate said, look, look, just persevere with it because um, I, I didn't have a, a script. I just used to do a Q and A with my mate, and uh, and he said, if you're going to start doing, you know, you need to just, you know, the questions I've asked you, just answer them without me asking the question. And you know, if you can talk for half an hour, but so I, I, I stuck with it, and I, I don't say, I won't say. I, I really enjoyed it now, but I'm a lot less nervous now. And mm. you know, when I've finished, it's great. You can have a few beers with the people there and get to speak to a few rugby-minded people. So, uh, so it's, it's, it's good. In fact, it's gone, it's gone really well now. I've got uh, a couple of months now for the next uh, six months or so. But, uh, but it's good. You know, word, word of mouth, and it must be, must be half decent if. Uh, you know, get getting a bit more interest. Certainly, certainly. I'm really looking forward to that night, Adrian. Thanks very much for talking today. I've really enjoyed it. I'm just going to ask you one thing now. If you could sum up your life in rugby league in one sentence, what would it be? Uh, oh. I should have told you that before. I? I uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, blessed, really. You know, for someone who you know didn't have a great deal of talent um, for where it took me around the world and met wonderful people and a living and. It lasted for 20 years, I just feel uh, very blessed. Thanks very much for speaking to us, Adrian. Brilliant, that. Thank you. So that was uh, Adrian Marley talking about Salford and the uh, the sportsman's dinner coming up. Uh, Dave, big thanks for talking to us on the Devil in the Detail this week, and uh, you know, hopefully, lots of positive stuff to come. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for your support with everything we do. Thanks for your match reports, reviews, the show, listen to it every week. It's brilliant. Keep up the good work. See you on. Devil in the Detail. Talking to Adrian Marley, 
about his career at Salford and his upcoming uh, sportsman dinner. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that, Rob. It was a nice way to spend your day off on a Monday. I don't get many days off. It was nice to go to, we did it at Swinton Park Golf Club. I think I mentioned it to you last week and mm. it was great. It was a lovely day. It was like being on holiday, like being in Spain. It was absolutely boiling and it's a nice setup there that Adrian's got and he's, uh, he's doing really well in his business ventures outside rugby league and he's a, oh, he's a great guy to talk. I was really nervous, nervous going to see him because uh, he's a big guy, isn't he? But he's, uh, he was very welcoming, very nice fellow and uh, yeah, if you can get to that um, supporters trust sportsman's dinner, it looks like a good night, doesn't it? There's a meal on there. You're going to have Adrian talking, there's a comedian on. It sounds like it's going to be a really good night. Yeah, I suppose it's a, a fundraising uh, opportunity for, for the supporters, for, for us fans to get behind it uh, and, and generate, you know, some cash through the club. And you know, hopefully, you know, lots of people will, will buy into it, and uh, it'll be end up being a great night. Yeah, yeah, that's the main reason I think, you know, to, to raise the funds and that. But the other thing with these events that sports just putting on, and I think it's just to, to build that bridge again, isn't it, with the club and. Or the, the people of Salford and, and get us all going in the right direction and all loving the club again because I think people have fell out with the club haven't they over the last few years and you know people might have drifted away and if we can get supporters back and involved and doing things I think that, that that's great and it'll build that that's what it's all about now we keep talking about being this community club and that's the best way of, of, of tying links with your communities by working with them and you know giving them something back and uh, having these events where we can all get together and talk about Salford and I think it's a really good idea and I think the, the events that are being put on are really exciting. Looking forward to it. Yeah, talking about sort of building a community club, the man kind of, the vision behind that, we, we spoke to Ian Blees uh, yesterday, he spoke about uh, trying, trying to sort of ingrain uh, the communities in further into the club and getting sort of schools and colleges more involved and, you know, it was, it was lots of positive stuff coming from him. Yeah, there was, there really was, yeah, um, They'd just been to Hopwood Hall College, aren't they, in um, Middleton in Rochdale. And um, they've got a really good campus down there, he'll he tell us in, in the interview. And, you know, working with them, and I think it's vitally important because we are, as I said in the interview, with the Premier Rugby League side in the, in this sort of Greater Manchester area, aren't we? I mean, I know Wigan's like the other side of Greater Manchester, but like North north area of Manchester, like Rochdale, Oldham, Berry, Bolton. Well, I suppose Bolton's were nearer to Wigan, but Rochdale and Oldham's, especially Oldham, it's a hotbed of rugby league. You think about the amount of players that have come from Oldham and gone on to represent the country. And I know Oldham rugby league is struggling at the moment, and no disrespect to them, but with us being the Premier side now, we've got to be looking at that talent from that area. And, um, you know, the, the big area around Salford as well as Trafford and, and places like that. So we've got a good area there if we can get in those schools and get those people involved. You know, there's, there's a lot of potential. Yeah, I suppose it's just a matter of, you know, building the club. In a, in, a, in a positive way and, and not obviously going too big too quick and you know Ian Blees is, is the kind of man in charge of that and he's, he's looking like he, he knows what he's talking about he understands you know what needs to be done and how it needs to be done because obviously he's, he's a Salford lad he, he knows the club through and through like Ian Watson and he knows how far this club can go at the right time Yeah I think another big thing that I think is very important is selling the club to these youngsters and, and these new people in sort of new areas that are not familiar with Salford Rugby League Club and there's, there's, a, there's big areas isn't there in, around Manchester and where football's played and things like that but rugby league's a great sport isn't it and it's 
it's a sport I think people can get hooked to if they can get into it. So it's about us selling it to them and them being convinced by us. We don't want thinking we're a, we're a load of fly behinds. We want them to, to know that we're a good professional outfit with a good reputation. And I think we're building that reputation. I think we lost that reputation over the last few years for one reason or another. You can make your own minds up about that. But I think it's about building those bridges again with local communities and making our name a, the good name of Salford Rugby League and, and getting these young people involved. Yeah, we spoke to Ian Please after the, uh, the meeting uh, on Monday night, and this is what you have to say. So I'm joined by Ian Blaze, uh, fresh from the uh, Salford Supporters Trust meeting. How was a good meeting, that? Yeah, productive guys. Uh, a lot of things the Supporters Trust are doing is for the benefit of the club that we all uh, love and adore, so uh, I'll give it its backing any time they want, yeah. Good. Uh, how would you describe Salford's season uh, so far? I think I used the words tonight, indifferent, didn't I? I think we uh, set off poorly, picked up a few crucial wins and then we just fell away a bit in the last few weeks, which is uh, not acceptable, really. How important is it, obviously, moving on now, uh, that the confidence in the club and, and yourself kind of build and, and we get back to winning ways? Yeah, we, uh, we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks now. I'm probably sick of talking uh, about it. Not that I get heavily involved in that side. I leave that to Coach Watson, but he, he's speaking with the players daily about this siege mentality, about getting stuck in and turning up for the games and, obviously, a big one on Friday against Huddersfield. Uh, so we need to put ourselves back in that uh, driving seat again and in charge of our own destiny, looking for that top eight spot. The players have took a bit of criticism over the recent weeks. I know Ian Watson has, and he's railed me because I'm a big fan of Ian Watson. And uh, How important do you think it is now that the supporters get behind Ian and in the job that he's doing at Salford? Because he's a good young coach, isn't he? And he's working really hard and working his socks up behind the scenes, as, as yourself and the rest of the staff are. Yeah, I think it's great when the fans uh, get behind the team. I think it makes a massive difference to the players and the coaching staff. But the players have got to take some responsibility and prove that they can you know, be that top eight team that we know they can be so I have every confidence in, 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 in Wasso and, and the backroom team and the players you know they're just going through a bit of a tough patch and I think every probably every team in Super League has one of them during the season we're going through it now hopefully don't continue and we pick up against Huddersfield but it's, it's yeah I ask all the supporters to get behind us and come in the numbers it's really really important as a player that Do you think that's a modern day sort of society thing in sport where the coaches tend to take all the flack and it's sometimes like you say the senior pros out there there's some good names out there there was at Lee there was at Catalan I think Barring sort of man who've had Chris Browning and, and Josh Jones, that is our full strength side. So it's up to those players to, to take that what they do on the training pitch, which Ian says they're doing really well, to take it out there and do it on the on the match day. Yeah, they have a massive responsibility to the club to wear you know wear, wear that shirt with pride and, and play for that badge. I'm I'm obviously something high on my agenda that is setting that right culture within that team about you sign for this club, you're playing for Salford, you know you're you're wearing that shirt with pride and you go out there and you put every effort into to your performance, which is unfortunately has not happened in the last few weeks and. And the players know that, so uh, they need to dig dig in for him. It's not all about uh, Watto. He's giving the game plan every week, and they're not executing at the moment, so hopefully they will do this Friday. Talking about, obviously, a change in structure at the club, you, you've kind of moved to the rugby side. How has that kind of changed your sort of job role at the club? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting role. Uh, it's 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 looking to sort of like secure recruitment where needed. We, uh, I've already said tonight that we're chasing players left, right, and centre, trying to get uh, some impetus for this for this uh, second half of the season. So if one comes available, there's been a few close calls in the last few weeks. We thought we had one you know, that was well documented. We thought we had another. We're negotiating for another at the moment. We signed somebody for next year that we've not announced yet. So there's loads going on. There's loads of activity. It's just uh, it's. Up 
up to us to make sure it can happen, but it's not easy out there because we're all fishing in the same pond. You're also doing a bit, I mean, I don't expect you to tell us all about it now because it took us a few hours to discuss it tonight, but the player development side, you've been doing a bit with Rockwood College in Rochdale, working with Matt Callan, the older centre. I think he's still playing for Rochdale, Mayfield, Matt. He's about 46 years old and he still plays. But, <laughs> but they've got a good setup there and it's important that we tap into this Northwest talent because with us being the premier side in this area. Yeah, I've sort of like developed this bit of a strategy together now, working in close, co uh, close uh, conjunction with the foundation and, and obviously our academy set up there and also with Hopwood Hall. In fact, we've been on the, uh, I took the coach up there tonight with Martin Gleeson and Paul Item. With uh, we had a bit of a training session with their under 16s who they've just got on their B Tech course and I was on the tackle bags for the first time in 30 years tonight. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit sore as it happens. Uh, so the coaches put me through it and had a bit of a go at me. But yeah, it's it's really important that we that we uh, put that team uh, brand of Salford out there in in the Greater Manchester uh, strategy that I've done. Definitely Hotwood Hall has a hotbed of Oldham St Anne's, Mayfield, uh, Saddleworth and Matt gets the best kids there and he's happy to be tied in with us in some form of a partnership which will bring them kids down to the club at some stage, hopefully when they're ready and then we've got our foundation with a bit of a new strategy going towards uh, building some local talent, getting back into our first team squad and hopefully that reserve team maybe uh, next year. Um, obviously, you know, talking about you know the structures being put in place, you know, Hotwood Hall and the academy, and hopefully, you know, more to come uh, in the couple of years when you get the academy back playing, you know, first grade. Yeah, we, 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 we've talked a lot about how we sort of like develop that 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old and get them into that reserve team, which I'm really, really keen on doing. There was a meeting in the RFL last week where we stuck our hands up and say, yeah, we'd like to look at a reserve team as long as it fits in with the finances. It's about getting that 19-year-old that who's come through whatever system. Hopefully it's through our system uh, and, the, and, and the academy setup that we've got at the moment, the Cat 3 system, where they've got a bit of a career and we spot a bit of talent and bring them into that reserve team setup that we might be able to do next year. Because obviously players develop at a later age than, than 18 and, and a lot of them are in the scrap heap at 18, 19. So it's about us grabbing them and making sure they stick with us uh, and, and bringing through our feeder system with a bit of luck. Yeah, obviously off the field as well. Um, the club are trying to invest in uh, sort of the amateur side from going to give uh, tickets to under 16 and hopefully entice people in. It's a great thing, I think, from the club. Yeah, the club have worked in conjunction with the Supporters Trust to give this free... Uh End of, end of season now pass to all I think it's under 18s who play for the uh, registered to play for a local amateur club within the great Manchester region fantastic initiative uh, and let's hope that a lot of the amateur clubs suck it up yeah obviously Ian Watson and a few players obviously received a bit of criticism over the last few weeks how important is it that us fans sort of stick together with the club and keep going forward yeah I think I think you know years gone by I'll tell you that it's all for the strong when everybody sticks together and that's what we're asking for now is a bit of cohesion amongst the fans yes it's not acceptable the performances and, and anybody will tell you that including the players but uh, it happens it's sport and we just need to drag ourselves up off, off, off the deck now and, and go again against Huddersfield and the more support we get the better for the boys definitely yeah obviously positive coming out of the Magic Weekend was our chance to, to wear the, the B shirt good publicity good to get outside that Salford bubble and into the outside world yeah it went down pretty well that. I think it was a popular shirt with, with a lot of fans and obviously the Manchester region really uh, really took it to its heart so we were we were pleased to wear we just didn't get the result that I think it deserved uh, and the photograph at the end that I think they took wasn't I, I'm not into photographs after you get beat so it would have been great to get the result but a fantastic shirt and it went to a great cause mate yeah yeah Huddersfield uh, this week on Friday massive game for everyone players up for it clubs up for it what do you think 
Yeah, be a tough, tough encounter. That uh, I watched the uh, the Wakefield Huddersfield game straight after our game, and, and it was a close, it was a close call. Uh, and I think Huddersfield will be, will be confident coming to our place. Huddersfield, uh, yeah, they, they in recent weeks? They have, and they've got a few of the guys back who were injured. I think when we played them away from home, so they'll be coming for a bit of revenge. I think, and uh, by golly, we've got to step up to the plate on Friday. That's for sure. Will we get a score prediction from him, please? Yeah, listen, I, I, I have gut feelings, and 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 I've known from past history when. You've got to be better than this prediction. I, I have gut, gut feelings, and uh, yeah, I, I'm confident the boys will respond, and they need to. Uh, by gum, they need to respond this week, definitely. Big thanks to talk to us in the Denver Detail. Oh, that was Ian Bleed talking after the meeting uh, on Monday night. You know, and he was quite honest about the situation and, and where the club's going. Yeah, he was. It was. He outlined it all and. You know, he said he spoke to the supporters at length, as we said before, and came across really well, very positive, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens now. It's obviously it's a crucial sort of next few months now to see how we're going in this season. But overall, there's a lot of exciting plans off the field, isn't there? But I'm going to be a bit bold now and say something, Rob. It's up to the people of Salford now to, to back it in it and, and get involved. There's there's only so much the club can do. I know people moan on, don't they, about the lack of marketing and things like that, but if you want to go to the game, you've got to go there and get behind the side, haven't you, and, and, and support it. So I just hope people buy into it and, um, and buy into the positive stuff that we're doing. Yeah, I suppose, you know, we are have to get behind both the club and, and the team in, the, in the situations like this, Paul. And, you know, we're in a team, we're a team and a club in transition at the moment, um, going from a you know rich benefactor to, to a like you say a community run club where funds have to be spent wisely and you know a lot of people for me kind of like struggling to deal with that transition that they still want the club to throw loads of money at players they don't have and you know it's just kind of a tightrope walk between paying money that's going to make you money and not paying money at all it's, it's a difficult type kind of kind of a line that Ian Watson and Ian Bleed have to walk. Yeah, it is. It's all about managing your finances, isn't it? You can't go spending money you haven't got because you're just going to end up going bust, aren't you? So you've got to, uh, you've got to start. It's, it's hard, isn't it? It's an hard situation what we're in at the moment. It is. I, I, I don't like people using that term, that transitional period. They, they usually say that when they, like they do it in football, don't they? When a team's having a season, they say, oh, it's a transitional season. This we've wrote this one off. We'll do it all right next season. I always thought it was a load of rubbish, but <laughs> looking at looking at this season now, it, it is, isn't it? You've just got to. Um, got to turn things around and ride, ride it out where it's tough and hopefully you can start building and yeah but like I said we need people to come to the ground don't we and get behind the, the side but then on the other side of the coin people say oh we're not going now because you're losing games so it's it's what comes first isn't it the, is it the chicken or the egg is that the saying mm-hmm. but you, you know what I mean don't we it's like a catch 22 situation so yeah like I said before it's an important next few months that we survive this season get through it and, uh, and we'll start building building slowly but sure yeah. The um, the club, uh, Andy Rosler, has put out a statement uh, tonight, Paul, about you know where the club's at and you know how the you know they're dealing with with that transition. Um, you know, it's quite an honest honest statement for me. Um, he talks about you know wh- where they are and where they're going, and you know people have been asking for this kind of like information, haven't they? Uh, and the transparency, and you know he's delivered it there. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's. I'm glad he's uh, he said that because you know, we all know that the, the club's uh, struggling a bit at the moment, and you know it's all, it's up to us all to get behind it. You know, there's, there's people who will get behind it. You know, we're going to be there every week, aren't we? Supporting them, you know, come what may. And 
it doesn't matter to me what, what league we end up in obviously I want us to, to play at the highest level as we can but you're going to be there aren't you whether you're in league one or, or whatever so so yeah but I do hope people get behind it now and, and, and support it and, and if they're going to do these sort of fundraising things let's get behind let's go to the supporters trust everybody who's listening if you've not joined the supporters trust just join it because the club the club needs it don't they they, they need us to, everybody to get behind this and if you're a season ticket holder I mean I don't know how many season ticket holders we've got but I think next season if you buy a season ticket I think there should be an option for you to join the support trust being pay a couple of quid and, and just join it so what is it is it £10 is it Rob yeah it's, I think it's 10, that's 10 quid won't it so yeah just join that because it's vital isn't it and if you, you love the club and you want us to succeed join that and just get behind it yeah he talks about uh, meeting up with the uh, supporters direct to see if, if he can organise more of a, a fan uh, ownership kind of thing. And it's, it's good, obviously, us fans, it, it, being more involved in it becomes a bit more of a pressure on us fans to, to keep the port afloat. And, you know, I suppose it's a different kind of mentality of when Mao and Kukash was involved and John Wilson involved was when, you know, they thought, you know, they'd pick up the tab uh, at the end of the day. But in this kind of situation you know those fans that you know will put the hard work in and will have to graft to to find the money for the tablet yeah yeah well that, that that's it yeah you don't know what's around the corner though Rob D in the future I mean somebody might come in and, and buy the club business people and all that you, you never know what, what turns up dear I mean who'd have thought you know we've got someone like Marwin and you thought he'd stay for a while and he didn't he's gone people come and go don't they and, and things change so fast now don't they and you never know what's going to happen in the next season do you so so yeah like I said it's a, it's a tough situation at the moment but these are the times where you've got to get behind the club aren't you I mean it's not all beer and skittles is it watching Salford and, I mean it's, it's more thin than, than thick isn't it but that's what it's all about isn't it I mean you love the ducking and diving, don't you? And those struggling and that. And you just hope that one day we'll have that little day in the sun. That's how I always look at it. Anyway, I think you've always got to be positive and, and look at it like that. I mean, life's too short to moan about it and say, "Oh, I'm not going because of this and that and the other." Just get behind them, and I'm sure one day, I promise you, we'll have that that day, won't we, Rob? Yeah. When we win something. Yeah. Well, and it would have been when we do, Paul. You look back at you know the, the dark days, and you'll think. You know, yeah, you'll say I was there. I was there, and I did it. And 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 you can be proud of yourself for, for getting involved. And I think that's how you've got. To, that's how you've got to look at it. And that's that's the way forward for me. Yeah. Um, obviously, try and help us get there. Uh, Marwan Kukash has um, decided to write off any debt owed to him by us, uh, which is which is a good thing, I suppose. We don't we feel we don't have to pay him back. Those have got other debtors that we need to pay. Uh, but that's that's you know it's a it's a start, Paul. It's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, well, I, I don't really want to comment on that because I don't really know the ins and outs of it, and I don't know the ins and outs of the, of the debt. And you know, it still rankles me a bit that he was in that debt in the first place. So yeah, if he's wrote the debt off, that's a, a, a decent thing to do. I mean, it, you just don't want any of um, you don't want to be involved in debts, and it all gets really complicated, doesn't it? So if that's that's gone, you know, fair play, so he's sorted that out. Yeah, and also the club has announced you can get half season season tickets uh, now as well which I think is a really good idea I can't believe we've not been doing it you know from day one really but you know it's a good opportunity for fans to you know if they haven't already bought a season ticket or actually started going this season to, to get a season ticket uh, and Marwan has offered to match all sort of it, uh, all half price season tickets sort of made which is a good thing yeah yeah it certainly is I mean I've heard a lot of people moan about the price of the season tickets haven't they over the last few months, I've seen that here, there, and everywhere, and I can't remember what I paid for mine now. 
Um, I think it was. Was it the same as last year? I just renewed mine, so I can't remember. But um, I don't know. Would you reckon it'd be a good idea to make the season tickets cheaper? Because I know Huddersfield did it a few years ago, didn't they? And made it for 100 quid or something like that. And I know we obviously need all the money you can get, but surely if you did like some sort of massive offer and sold loads of them, then it'd work out in the long run. I'm not too sure. It's a, Again, I'm not a finance expert or anything like that, but I don't know. Perhaps we could do some sort of offers next season. I think with, with looking at the Huddersfield option, Huddersfield do have a wealthy benefactor. You do. His you name do. escapes me. Ken David, him, but he, if he he'll pick up the tab if they run if they, if they're short of what they ask, what they need, and we don't have one of them, so you no. need to make sure that you cover your money your own way. So I'd rather us pay that little bit more to make sure. That oh yeah, it don't bother me. Yeah, about the money, yeah, I pay twice. Yeah, but I, th- I think we see tickets and our these tickets, and we're going to mention the whole bubble again. But it's just a matter of us getting out in the community and getting out to people who have relapsed uh, and try and entice them back in it's great having you know social media but you're only hitting the people who are involved in your social media bubble and I think yeah. you know a lot of people are outside that bubble and switched off they've, they've done a runner and we need to kind of get them they need, we need to get them back you know what I mean and, and you know it's, it's it's a good thing it's just a matter of how the club kind of publicise uh, you know that and market that outside our our own little uh, our little world because we, we need people outside our bubble because our bubble's getting smaller and smaller in it and then we need yeah. to make it bigger and bigger and you know you're hoping that you know things like this half pricing tickets and the free season tickets for all the uh, sort of under under 16s under 18s who play rugby in the area and things like that hopefully will turn the tide uh, and get the you know the people the kids of Salford back involved back motivated to come and watch them play for the local side. And then we can grow and grow as a club. Definitely, mate. I think you're spot on there, pal. That for once. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the first time I've said that to you in like, since I've known you. Four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's great. Obviously, you know, make sure you read that uh, statement. We'll, we'll put it on our uh, Facebook and our Twitter, uh, just in case you missed it. Uh, next bit of news, tickets for the whole game um, away are now available from the club. Another important... Re- uh, revenue stream for the, the club Paul thinks it's 25% of every ticket sold we get it yeah yes yeah, so if you can get it from the club get down there and get them yeah and uh, finally uh, England Knights will face uh, Papua New Guinea uh, in a two is it a two test uh, series yeah uh, opportunity possibly for Nile Levels to, to play um, having a great season so far for Salford Red Devils you think yeah, I think he deserves I think he deserves I think he deserves it Rob I've not seen the squad um, I've not had a proper read of it, so I don't know who else is in it. But I'm pretty sure he'll be uh, be well in contention for a full-back spot in in that side. He's, he's done really well this season. He's done really well for the last few seasons. Niall, and he? he's going to shine a light in our side. Really explosive player, quality player, bit of class about him, Niall. And uh, I saw his dad actually on uh, on Sunday when he was on the way back from from Newcastle. We went to get the metro, and his Niall's mum and dad was, was on the platform, so I had a good chat with his dad. And uh, yeah, he's, he comes from a really good family, good good bloke, and. Uh, um, no, I was very, very pleased for him, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be up there in that squad. Hopefully, yeah. in the future, in the in the full squad. Yeah, obviously he gets a chance that the uh, the Knights plays well, and he could be promoted to the senior side and be the England fullback for the next about five ten years. Hopefully. Yeah, don't see why not, Rob. Don't see why not. there's some decent fullbacks in there in the Super League at the moment. Um, some decent English fullbacks as well. So he's got a competition. 
you know, Zach Hardacre's coming back into the fold, isn't he? Is he, is he signed for Wigan now? Is it a done yeah, deal? That yeah. I'm thinking. So he'll be there or thereabouts next season. You've got the kid at all, that Jamie Shaw. He's a he's a good player. So there's competition in that position. Sam Tompkins as well at Wigan. Who's got? Is he got a Catalan? Sam Tompkins. So yeah, we have got good players in there. But I think Niall on his day, he can be as good as any of them. It's just finding that level of consistency now. And he's another guy that seems to have um, lost a bit of confidence the last few weeks. And I think a lot of the players have. So I think the perfect response now is to go and bury Huddersfield on Friday night. Yeah, so that was all the news coming out of Sulphur Red Devils this week. Next up on the Devil Detail, we have Paul's amateur report talking about all our local sides and all the results and pictures of last weekend. And then after that, we'll talk about the Huddersfield game on Friday. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. Quite a short one because quite a lot of leagues didn't play at the weekend with it being the, the magic weekend. But we'll start off with the results we've got in the National Conference League. Rochdale Mayfield, they had a big game on Saturday. They were playing against Wigan St. Pat's. Rochdale Mayfield currently third bottom on the table. Took on Wigan St. Patrick's there in Rochdale. And they won by 30 points to 14. Wigan just one place below. So it was a bottom of the table sort of clash. Good result for Rochdale Mayfield. Trailing eight points to six at half time. They come back in the second half and won by 30 points to 14. So big, big win there. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers went down 30 points to 16 at Crossfields. And the fixtures for this week, there's just two, and they're both in Division 3. And it's Barrow Island against Oldham St. Anne's and Waterhead Warriors against Mill and Barrow. Points by the Kingston Press National Conference League Management Committee. The Cumbrians have been sanctioned for fielding eligible player Daniel White in their Division 3 fixture with Gateshead on the 10th of March. So that uh, that drops Barrow Island down the table slightly. They're on 10 points at the moment. Salford City Roosters are third bottom with four points. Waterhead and Oldham St. Anne's are just above them in the National Conference Leagues. Well, before we move on to the uh, Northwest Men's League, just tell you about the England Universities. They played at Featherstone Rovers' LD Nutrition Stadium on Saturday. They beat uh, the New Zealand students by 42 points to four, and it's an excellent win that for them. Lewis Fairhurst, he grabbed the try. Lewis plays for Edgehill University. There was a hat trick as well for Harry Chapman of Loughborough University. The other try scores were Nathan Ainsworth, Harry Aronson, and Ben Stead. So it was an excellent win there for um, for the young students against New Zealand students. Right, we'll turn our attention to the Northwest Men's League. Not many results to bring you. Last weekend, as I said before, with a magic weekend, but there was one game that was played on Saturday in a Division 1 between Rochdale Mayfield A and Wigan St. Patrick's A. Rochdale Mayfield coming out on top 26 points to 6 in that game. The fixtures for Saturday the 26th of May look like this. In the Premier Division, it's Folly Lane against Hindley. In Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield A are at home to Hares Finch. Division 2, Lee East A play Oldham St. Anne's A. Leyland Warriors play the Manchester Rangers. Wigan St. Jude's A play Berry Broncos. In Division 3, West Hot and Lions entertain Eccleston Lions. Rochdale Cobras at home to Wigan Bulldogs. Division 4, Blackpool Scorpions play Caddies and Rhinos. It's the Coolchef Eagles against Saddleworth Rangers A. And in Division 5, Berry Broncos A play New Spring Lions and Littleborough play Latchford Albion A. Finally, in the Merit League, there's one fixture involving local sides. It's Northwest Tigers against Ashton Underline. In the Northwest Youth Leagues, as I said before, again, no games this week because of the Magic Weekend. The fixtures for this coming week, there's a couple of games on Wednesday, Wednesday the 23rd of May. Don't know when you'll be listening to this, you might have missed them by then, but these games on Wednesday are in Division 2 of the under-18s, and it's Folly Lane against Saddleworth Rangers and South Trafford against Rochdale. The rest of the fixtures are on Sunday. In the under-16s, Division 1, it's Oldham St. Anne's against Blackbrook. Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers against Wigan St. Cuthbert's, West Horton against Waterhead. And finally, under-16s, Division 3, it's Rochdale against Clockface. 
And finally this week, a bit more news regarding the students. Host country Wales have confirmed that the 2018 Student Rugby League Home Nations Championship will take place at Saddis Road in Pontypridd. The championship will get underway on Tuesday the 17th of July with holders England taking on Scotland and Wales meeting Ireland. The fixtures are as follows. Tuesday the 17th, it's England against Scotland with a 2.30 kickoff. Wales against Ireland with a 4.45. Thursday the 19th of July, England play it. Ireland at 2.30 and Wales against Scotland at 4.45 and on Sunday the 22nd of July the tournament climax is there with Scotland against Ireland at 2.30 and Wales versus England at 4.45pm we'll keep you up to date with all those scores when the action happens later on this summer, that's all I've got for you this week, don't forget Salford are back in action on Friday night, Rob will tell you all about that on the podcast it's an 8 o'clock kickoff. off, home to Huddersfield make sure you get down there and cheer you and Watson and the boys on, I'll see you there Salford Devils face Huddersfield Giants at the AJ Bell Stadium on Friday night, Paul. Massive game for both clubs. Yeah, it certainly is. It's probably one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the season so far, Rob. Uh, we, need, we need to be switched on for this one, because if we're not, Huddersfield are going to leapfrog us in the table, aren't they, and uh, drop us into that, that bottom four, which would be, be a big blow. So, you know, they've got some decent players, Huddersfield as well. They're on good form. I think they've won the last three on the bounce, beating Widnes and Wakefield in the Cup and League. So, they're no mugs. They've got some good players. So, uh, And they've got a new coach as well who seems very passionate. And he's uh, he's come in there and wiped the slate clean. So, promises to be a really exciting night, Friday night. Can't wait. Yeah. We've, we beat him away from home earlier on the season. We did, yeah. Home games are important, Paul. If you want to be in that top eight, you've got to win your own games. Uh, we beat Huddersfield away. It gives us that advantage in the, in the head-to-head. Um, but it's important you've got to be your own game to, to make that advantage count yeah I think I think they had a few players out in that game and they've had a few come back I'm not taking anything away from us because it was a good performance uh, away at Huddersfield but yeah they've got um, it was it came back Jake Mamo the full back he, he was back at weekend I know um, Jermaine McGill will be back in the side They've got some dangerous players as well. Cruz Lima in the hooker. Danny Bruff will be there. You know what Danny Bruff's like. He'll cause argument in an empty house, won't we? So it'll <laughs> be difficult to. He is though. He's a, he's a he's a maverick sort of player. He can come up with something. He can be either Bobbins or, or brilliant, can't he? So you've got to watch him as well. And Lee Gaskell, I think he's a clever player. You know, Lee played at Salford. So they've got some they've got some decent decent players, decent pack of forwards as well. And they've got a big squad, haven't they? Of players to choose from. Ian was saying that on uh, on, on Sunday to me. So. We need to be switched on. It's not a game we can take lightly. It's going to be a really tough night. But it's yeah, a game we yeah. can win, definitely. Yeah, Kuma Tai for me. Big forward. You know, always makes punches big holes as well. Uh, you need to watch him. Uh, what was his name? Kuma Tai. Kuma Tai. Hmm? You ain't got that one, right? Never have a night with that one. Yeah? Yeah, that's a weird one. <laughs> You're improving. <laughs> I am getting better. <laughs> um, you know, lots of different ones. Matty, uh, Matty English, uh, Jermaine McGilvery, you know, Pacey on the wing. Um, you know, danger all over, but looking at our squad, Paul, and our players, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a toss of a kind. You know, we've got a lot of players who could, could damage other fields all over the field, so I don't think we're going to be too worried. No, no, I don't think so at all, Rob. I think if we play to our potential, we, we can win the game, definitely. Um, we, we, we proved that when we played Wakefield at home a few weeks ago before we went on this, this four four defeats on the bounce. So we've we proved we can, we can beat sides at home. And Huddersfield is probably sim. I think, to be honest with you, you've got Hulk, Air, Witness, Catalan, Huddersfield, Salford, and Wakefield. That sort of block of six sides there. Uh, we're all quite a similar standard, really, aren't we? 
And I think I don't think Leeds Leeds and Cass are that much better than us. So you've got sort of two leagues within one there in Super League at the moment. And I think this this six this group of six sides are battling out to avoid at that bottom four. So when we play those sides in that that sort of mix, it's vitally important that you win that game. And te- it's like a four point, isn't it? as they call it in football, a six points. So it's a four pointer, isn't it? You want to take the two points away from them, but defeat's unthinkable, really, because. We could get dragged into that bottom four, and then the games are running out. So it is. It's a huge game, huge, huge game. Yeah, massive game. And uh, obviously, <coughs> give us your score prediction for, for this week, Paul. But don't forget, you've had Ian Blees, you've had uh, Dave Campbell with predictions. This this table for this meal is getting bigger and bigger. Ian Blees didn't give us one though, did he? No, he didn't give us a score prediction. He no. uh, swerved it, didn't he? I think Dave did, didn't he? Mm. It'd be great this week if, if Dave actually gets it right, won't it? Show us to him, won't it? <laughs> Yeah, I've gone for um, Salford 20, Huddersfield 16. Salford 20, Tight game. Tight game. I'm going to go Salford 32, Huddersfield 6. After the I knew you were going to say 6. It's always 6 to the away team, <laughs> you. I'm just thinking, you know, after a, after a week of like soul-searching on the training field uh, in the sun, the players will be thinking, right, let's do it. And they'll turn on, turn up, turn on and turn it on. And uh, we'll destroy Huddersfield on Friday. And it'll all be uh, the, all the results will go our way, and we'll have our uh, have our three point gap back. Let's hope so. Thirty two six. I take that all day long, mate. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So that's the end of this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. Uh, big thanks for tuning in. Another great show, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it, Rob. And uh, let's just hope we can see everybody down at the the AJ Bell on Friday night. It's an eight o'clock kickoff as well, isn't it? Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. uh, yeah, it's an eight o'clock kickoff. So yeah, get yourselves down there and uh, should should be a good night. Really exciting game as well, and it's one I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, so big thanks for tuning this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parks, and you find us on Facebook Devil in the Detail SRD. You find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Fantax. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.